So I am um, a licensed marriage and family therapist in the state of California. And um, I started in trauma, which was really helpful because with trauma, you have a lot of high risk um, clients. So um, when someone's been through something that is um, um, so life-threatening, um, many times they'll experience a post-traumatic stress disorder. And it's a miserable, miserable thing. So um, many times you'll have people who are just tired and, and think it's easier not to be around. So that was my training, and I'm very grateful for that um, because it's helped me in other clientele that I've worked with and other groups that I've worked with. Um, so at the end, if you do have questions, um, I'm going to shut down my computer at the end and grab my stuff, and then I'll move out there so that the next person can come in. So I'm, I'm not being rude. I just need to get my stuff out. So I want to talk with you. So I'll, I'll go on out there and, and answer any questions. Okay, so this is what we're going to cover. Um, a lot of this you can find. if you, There's, there's um, a lot of great uh, resources available. Um, and information. There's actually some websites that are um, and resources that were created by youth. So youth can contact other youth, which is kind of cool. So, um, and that's something that um, I believe I have on the resources here, but um, if I don't, I'll find that for you. So we're going to cover the f just general facts that's based on research, based on surveys, what, what is current right now. Um, risk factors, warning signs. Um, my, uh, just brief personal story, uh, protective factors, stress management plan, which is what I showed you. You can, you can do that. And there are a lot of different plans, but I'll just give you a sample of that. And then practical application. Um, and then at the end, I will give you some resources. And those resources actually help you find other resources. Okay? So um, that is our plan. Let's do it. So this is kind of our theme verse for this particular um, talk. It's, uh, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. And when we know this, then we can get through big feelings, we can get through big situations, okay? And this is kind of what we need our youth to um, absorb, to get at every cell in their body, because life is hard and tragedy happens. And so we are not exempt from that. But when we know this, this gets us through those difficult times. So that's our theme verse for today. Let me share some facts. 81% um, of people who die of suicide have told someone that they are going to do it, um, what that they're going to do, what they're going to do, and how they're going to do it. Okay? There was, and I think it was Thailand this last year maybe even six months ago, eight months ago, um, there was a teen who posted on social media, um, should I kill myself or shouldn't I kill myself? Well, guess what the percentage came back for? That she should kill herself. And guess what she did? She killed herself. So first of all, and then social media is a whole other topic that we could spend lots of time on. But I imagine that some of the other teens that were following her were like, oh, she's going to do it. Yeah, go ahead. You know, she's just joking around. But she did. So a lot of times we, we have the signs there. Sometimes we don't. But many times we do. And so we want to pay attention to that, which is why um, we're going to talk about warning signs of what to look for in youth. Um, suicides have increased in all but one state since 1999. 
The one state that it hasn't increased in is Nevada because it was already high. Okay? 30% um, – oh, let's go to the next one. In half of those states, suicide went up 30 or more percent. So in some of those states, if you look at the statistics, if you see – they, um, let's see, it's on the, um, I think, nationalsuicide.org. Um, um, Don't quote me on that. But there's, there's actually a map of the United States of America, and it shows you the percentage that each state went up. And I'll tell you that in my practice in January, I doubled my teen caseload. So the teen caseload that I already had that was fairly high this year doubled. And they were all crisis. Okay? So that's kind of where we're at right now. Gen Z, uh, most likely to report poor mental health. They don't have the coping. They're overwhelmed. Right? Think of just social media. Think of all the choices they have to make. Even now about identity. You know? There are so many choices that they have to make. So um, the other part of this is that more teens or Gen Z are seeking help and open to help. So in fact, out of some of those teens I told you about in January, probably half of them, I'd say more than half of them actually told their parent, I, I need to see somebody. And I hadn't seen that like I saw it this last January. So that's, that's in some ways good news. They, they're, they're aware. Um, suicide is the second leading cause of death for ages 10 through 24, which is that Gen Z age. Okay. 91% of um, ages 18, 18 through 21 say they have experienced at least one physical or emotional symptom due to stress. So here's the thing. Um, anxiety, depression, um, you can correlate anxiety with fear, um, depression with feeling sad or overwhelmed. These are emotions. How many of you have had those emotions before in your life? Uh-huh. Do you know why? That's because God gave us those emotions. God gave us emotions for information. Okay? All of those emotions are important to recognize because they say, hey, something's a little off here. How am I thinking today? What did I eat today? How did I sleep last night? How are my relationships right now? How am I seeing myself? So there's so many reasons. And so what's interesting is many times if, um, um, if someone has, let's say, even a panic attack, um, they diagnose themselves as, oh, I have an anxiety disorder. I, you know, there's something wrong with me. Okay? And so many times there's, there's, uh, it's become kind of a, um, um, uh, what's the word? Pathologizing, right? So as soon as I have an anxiety attack, I'm, I'm, I'm just anxious. I'm just an anxious person. So we're going to talk about also separating out um, the emotion from the person. Okay. Um, okay. So we're going to talk about risk factors. So some of these I'm going to go through pretty quickly, so we can get to the the end, which is the um, the part where you guys. Like, what do I do, okay? Um, mental health, any um, mental health conditions, diagnosed mental health conditions. If there's prolonged depression, so not just the feeling of depression, but prolonged depression, if, if, it's, if it's over time, if it's weeks, months, okay? Um, substance use problems. So substances tend to um, 
um, make us a little more, it, it's not impulsive, that's the word, impulsive. So if, if um, youth have gotten into alcohol or drugs of some kind, they may, and they're feeling sad, they may be more impulsive to do something, some kind of harm to themselves where they wouldn't if they weren't using a substance. Bipolar disorder, schizophrenia, personality, traits of aggression, mood changes, poor relationships. A lot of times that has to do with poor boundaries with, your, with themselves or with other people. And a lot of times when people respond, like when people respond to aggression, um, they start to take it personally and obviously it hurts their relationships and then they start to believe that nobody likes them, things like that, even though it's part of their own behavior. Conduct disorder, anxiety disorders, serious physical health conditions, including pain. So pain, emotional and physical pain is one that many of us can understand, right? When we're in extreme pain, we just want it to stop, okay? Many times it's different than wanting to die. And so it's good to be able to, um, to assess that. And sometimes it's cutting. So cutting is actually many times different than suicide. Cutting is an expression of trying to get rid of the pain. So if someone is cutting and you know someone's cutting, that's an indicator that some, something needs to happen, okay? So we don't, we don't not take cutting seriously. Cutting is serious. We gotta, we gotta give them the help that they need, okay? But it just isn't always suicide, okay? And then traumatic brain injury as well, where um, impulse control is challenged. Environmental factors. I'm gonna start shedding. <laughs> okay, environmental factors. Um, access to lethal means, including firearms and drugs. So there are families that hunt, things like that, that you, they, kids may have access to firearms. And if they're in a space where they're having a hard time influencing their decisions, um, that's gonna to have to be dealt with. How are you gonna protect them from that? So that's another thing, so that's part of assessment. And part of this is just for your information. Some of it's not necessarily your job. It's, your job is gonna to be to get them the help they need, but just so you, you're aware of this. Uh, prolonged stress, such as harassment, bullying, relationship problems, or unemployment. So you may have, even within your youth, you can see, because youth naturally does this based on their brain, and I didn't put any of the, the four things that happen in the brain during teenage years, but it's fascinating. Um, but, and one of them is that they actually shed or prune brain cells. And everybody's like, oh, that makes sense. <laughs> that makes sense. Okay, I can relate to that. But they, they do. It's the only time in our life where we actually prune our brains to specialize in certain areas, which is really kind of cool. Um, so even in your own youth groups, I'm sure you can see different groups forming, right? That's natural. That's actually one of the things that they're trying to do. It's kind of the herd mentality. It's, it's for them to find emotional and way back when physical safety. So that's, that, that makes sense. But um, we need to pay attention to that because if you see someone on the outskirts of that, you know, there could be some bullying going on that you don't know about. There could be some little, so we wanna pay attention to that. We wanna touch base, we wanna check in. We wanna pay attention to um, the dynamics of our, of our youth. Um, stressful life events like rejection, divorce, financial crisis, other life transitions, and loss. 
Um, and divorce is a huge deal for many of our kids. A lot of times parents have to work as well, so many times they'll have time that are, it's just by themselves, that they aren't, um, you know, their parents are at work and they have some downtime. So it's the other thing to pay attention to. Do I need to, you know, do we need to go out to coffee after school sometimes? Like, you know, so, but it's being aware of what your, um, your youth are doing. Um, exposure to another person's suicide or to graphic or sensationalized accounts of suicide. So what's interesting, I talked with a couple other therapists here and they had an increased teen, especially middle school, which is the same with me, in January. What's in the water? Well, did you guys, any of you see, um, and I'm not saying it's just this, but I'm just talking about how social media and, and culture affects us. Did any of you see um, A Star is Born? Okay, so in December, I think it came out in November, in December I did some traveling and on the plane, I could literally look down the row and everybody was watching that movie. Like you could just see it. And so, and many of our youth watched that movie. <laughs> so what it does is it's, um, it can sensationalize um, suicide. And even just having it be an option. It's not even an option. In God's world, he's numbered our days. Like it's not even an option. But in Hollywood, it's an option, right? And you think of the, the, the celebrities in the last year or in the last years, like pretty big celebrities who have committed suicide. So, and this is part of why um, I believe God allowed these sessions to happen because you guys are right there, ground level with these kids. And I'm gonna tell you, and we'll talk about this later too, but it's about relationship. So, um, and I'll just tell you now since we're on it and skip it when it comes up, but five to one ratio for kids to have safe adults in their life that they can go to. It's like foundational. So that's what research says, okay? And then, and so it's about um, teens knowing they can go to somebody and that five is outside their parents. So their parents are number one, okay? That they develop a secure attachment Okay, and they feel safe, and they, they know that, um, that um, they're okay, and that they can feel, and they have somebody they can talk to. So parents are number one, but it's the five to one ratio outside of their parents that matters, and you are one of those. Okay, you are one of those. All right, historical factors. Previous suicide attempts, family history of suicide. Um, so previous suicide attempts, especially for people who have experienced trauma, uh, many times we'll, um, we'll have attempted a few times. Um, family history of suicide, if a parent, an aunt, an uncle, um, it's so difficult to deal with the grief of suicide. So really pay attention to, if you, if you know of, of any uh, youth who have family members, um, even if they're distant family members, it's still the idea of that that is really difficult to grieve. So, um, so that's definitely a risk factor as well. Um, childhood abuse, neglect, or trauma. So I had mentioned attachment. So this is something God made us to be in relationship. I know everybody's surprised about that. He made us to be in relationship with him. And our first relationships are with our parents. And it's interesting, research shows that um, however we see our parents is what we project on who God is. 
And there are some awesome studies about that. So, if I, so the first one is attachment. So if it, with childhood ne abuse and neglect or trauma, what happens is they have learned not to trust, not to feel safe, not to feel okay, or take the burden like they deserved it. So right away, their self-worth and value is not gonna help them sustain, okay? So that's a huge one. And sometimes we don't know, um, but that's again something that we, we can pay attention to. Okay, speaking of paying attention to, these are the warning signs. And there are others, but these are the, the key ones. So these are things that they may say. So they may actually talk about killing themselves. Now this is a challenging thing because it's become so flippant. Think about, think about um, gaming. Oh, I just died. Oh, I'm gonna kill you. Oh, you know, I just, just think of the language that they don't even recognize they're using. Again, and I'm not saying that that's the problem. I'm saying we're, we've been trained. We've been trained. So sometimes it's just like said really flippantly, so you don't know, okay. But we're going to pay attention to everything. And this is ways we can educate them, right? This is ways we can educate them as well. So, um, which I'm hoping they do in three years, or maybe you can do it at your, your churches, but teach our youth what to do and to be leaders in that. Well, we'll talk about that in a second. I'm getting ahead of myself. I get excited. Okay, feeling hopeless. So a lot of times you can see that body language, right? You can see that. Um, having no reason to live. If they said, I, I don't have any reason to be here, okay? Being a burden to others. This has come up more in my practice than ever before. I'm just such a pain. It would be so much easier for my family if I wasn't here. And so they're, they're, they're actually considering other people in their life, but it's not, they're not considering themselves, right? Uh, feeling trapped, unbearable pain, and that includes emotional pain. Um, behavior, these are things you'll see. Increased use of alcohol or drugs. Looking for a way to end their lives, such as searching online for methods. So sometimes, um, and you guys may have um, you don't have access to their Snapchat and things like that. But sometimes you may catch different things. Um, you know, so you may find that interesting posts or whatever, like things like that. But um, so searching it out. Uh, withdrawing from activities, isolating from family and friends, um, sleeping too much or too little. And I want to, I put this in, but the fact is teens sleep. I mean, we got to be honest about this. If they're sleeping till noon, well, they're supposed to sleep till noon. So don't, you know, so, but, um, so if it's different, we're looking for anything that is shifting, anything that's changed, okay? Um, visiting or calling people to say goodbye. So they may call, you know, grandma after not, you know, and say goodbye to her, and aunts and uncles, some cousins. Um, giving away prized possessions, especially to siblings. So it's interesting, they'll give stuff that's really important to, to siblings, okay? So sometimes siblings are the first ones saying, hey, telling their parents, what, you know? Um, aggression, fatigue. So fatigue is another interesting one. Think of all the pressures on our kids right now. Think of um, just getting into the college they want. Um, it could be relationship issues. I mean, most of the relationship and dating that happens in high school is not healthy. Is this news to anybody? 
<laughs> it's not healthy. So you have all these unhealthy dynamics and they wonder why they're miserable, you know, because they don't know how to do it yet, right? So, um, so they get tired. I mean, I hear that a lot. I'm just tired. I just want to just stop. So paying attention to, um, to that. Moods. Okay, so depression, I said, remember, it's an it's a emotion. Anxiety is an emotion. But when we see it for prolonged periods of time, or, um, or you notice a shift, okay? Um, loss of interest is another one. Um, sometimes they quit sports activities, or maybe they stop coming to youth. So there are different, different signs of that. Irritability, humiliation, and shame. So that's something that... Um, that's a big one for addiction. So humiliation and shame, guilt, those actually keep cycles of addiction going. Because um, if I use and then um, I feel bad about it, I feel bad about myself and so I use, it's kind of like that, that vicious cycle. But um, humiliation and shame, especially for bullying. So if you notice bullying, it's usually attached to that as well. Agitation, anger. Um, relief, sudden improvement. That is an interesting one. Because you'll have, um, and again, it's a shift. Okay, so just pay, it, that one's a difficult one to see sometimes. It's like all of a sudden they're just, it's all good. Like, wow, they seem really calm. They're like really calm. Like there's nothing that can touch them right now. Well, that could be because they have their identity in Christ. Or it could be because they've just made a decision. And they're good with it. So that's a challenging one. So, you know, again, you're just getting more information. We'll talk about how to do that. Okay, so um, really briefly, when I, so I'm a pastor's kid. I'm a PK, um, Missouri Lutheran Church. So, and he's out in California, so he's a watered down Missouri Synod probably. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what the terms are for us out there, but... Um, <laughs> But anyway, so you know pastors take calls. Well, uh, my dad took three calls throughout his, his career because um, his mother-in-law said, no pastor should stay at a church more than 10 years. And she listened, or he listened to her. But um, so ended up taking three calls throughout his time. And um, the first call that I did when I remembered was my, between my seventh and eighth grade year. So I was a total social butterfly. I was all excited. I was going to be senior or um, class president. I was on the cheerleading team. All the things that are important to to an eighth grader. Had my best friend since kindergarten. Like everything. Well, then we decided to move from LA two hours north to Bakersfield. So first of all, there's a little culture shock there. Um, but to make a long story short, my whole personality changed. I was crying all the time. I was usually like joking around. I would come home from school, I'd go to my room, and I'd lay there and cry. Or I'm sure my thinking was awful. Like my thinking I'm sure was awful, awful. But what's interesting is it's not that my parents didn't care. They loved me, they cared about me. They were busy with their transitioning stuff, right? I didn't really talk to my youth leader about it, right? And my youth leader also didn't know me from before, so it was hard for, for him at the time to gauge. But I did not go to anyone. But if you knew me, there were signs. 
and I came this close, and the only thing that stopped me was hearing my family laughing downstairs, and God. (laughs) So the fact is, is that God trained me up in that moment to work with people. And, and um, I want you to think about, too, how he's been training you up in your life and your experiences to work with the youth that you're working with right now. Um, so it's important to pay attention. Um, this is just basically to share. It's important to pay attention to the changes because they will be there. They will be there. Okay, protective factors. Um, these are the things that we want to increase. Some, some kids come in with them. These are things that we can kind of increase and... Um, and um, build in their lives. So psychological, emotional well-being, positive mood, emotional intelligence, the ability to perceive and integrate into thoughts, understand and manage one's emotions. So they're able to experience an emotion, say, I'm having an emotion right now, I know it'll pass, it'll be okay, okay? That's something we can teach them. Um, And actually in the two o'clock youth session that I'm doing, I actually go through these three steps, okay? Um, And I can share them with you if you want. Um, it's not in this talk, but I can share them with you. Um, adaptable temperament, and that's something we're born with, like, you know, am I easygoing, am I highly sensitive, um, things like that. Internal locus of control. So if I know I can influence where I'm at right now, I'm going to be in good shape, right? Which is why it's so important to know our identity in Christ. If I believe that I can't influence and something outside me is the only thing that's going to make a difference, then I'm going to um, be unstable and not have a foundation, okay? And that goes back to, of course, our identity in Christ. Um, Strong problem-solving skills, coping skills, including conflict resolution and nonviolent handling of disputes. Conflict resolution is something you can do within your youth. Super helpful. They can start to gain confidence and not continue to be in a cycle of hurt with friends. They can gain confidence in how we can talk about things and actually have it resolve and build relationships instead of um, distancing relationships. And I put self-esteem, but it's just your identity in Christ. That's what it is. It's not how many trophies you have. It's knowing your value, innate value. Um, Frequent, vigorous uh, physical activity or participation in sports, that's a huge thing, actually, for teens. And just keeps them um, on track and and learning discipline and things like that. Um, Spiritual faith and regular church attendance, which is one of the places you come in and where they learn their identity in Christ. Um, Cultural and religious beliefs that affirm life and discourage suicide, resilience, so going or continuing sense of hope in the face of adversity. And again, it's understanding that my feelings are feelings. I don't have to have them run me. Um, Frustration um, tolerance, being able to tolerate frustration and emotional regulation. Um, body image, care, and protection. When we know our value, we care for ourselves. Okay, so teaching them that as well. And just for time, I want to make sure I, I'm just going to run through these pretty quickly, but you'll get these. Uh, family support and connectedness to family closeness um, to or strong relationship with parents and parental involvement. That's number one. Close friends or family members, a caring adult social support. Again, five to one ratio. Five to one ratio. And and some some. Um, Kids don't have one. You may be their one right now. So one of the things you can do is help build up their their ratio with connecting them with maybe older kids in the congregation, or you know. So you can you can um, be one of those bridges for them. Parental pro-social norms. That is, um, youth know that parents 
disprove antisocial behavior such as beating someone up or drinking alcohol. Family support for school. That means they're supported in the things they do. School, positive school experiences, part of a close school community, safe environment at school includes bullying and things like that, right? So to pay attention to that or educate kids on that. If they are being bullied, what do they do? Um, adequate or better academic achievement, a sense of connectedness to the school, a respect for the cultures of all students. And then access to, to extra help. So you guys are kind of like the first line of defense. Thank you. First line of defense, he just gave me the time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, okay. You guys are the first line of defense. So, but you guys, it's, you're not in this alone. You can um, do it with other people and get help. Okay. Access to means, we talked about that. So if you are aware of any access to um, firearms, things like that, drugs, um, things like that, that would be a good thing to pay attention to. Okay, um, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I've come that you may have life and have it to the full. So we know that this is also a spiritual battle. Okay, and that's one of the things that we can, can um, help them and pray for. This is one of the things that I will give you if you want um, when you email me, if you want this. There are, there are a lot of different kinds. This is just one example of kind of being proactive. How are you caring for yourself? How are you, how are you reducing your stress? And then practical application. Training and service projects. Um, steps for direct intervention, relationships with youth. Okay, so this is a service project that a teen did on a bridge where a lot of people, this was in England, I think, where a lot of people were jumping. She put a bunch of notes. This was a teen who did this. So I want you to just kind of think outside the box and think, how can, and I'm not saying to do this, but um, what can you do with your youth as a service project to reduce suicide, suicides within your community and have them be leaders of that and have them learn how to be helpers in that? It's very empowering you're gonna find that less teens will experience that because they're the ones helping people out, okay? And words are important. These are some of the words she put up there. Okay, um, learn the warning signs of suicide. Check, you just did that. Check it off your list, don't have to do it. Done. Um, reach out and stay involved. Um, start the conversation. Um, this can be sometimes uncomfortable. Okay, but start the conversation. Um, I'm worried about you. It seems like something's bothering you. You don't seem like yourself today. How can I help? Is there any way I can support you right now? Um, be direct and ask questions such as, are you feeling depressed? Um, are you feeling kind of hopeless right now? Um, um, are, you, are you feeling like there's no way out? Are you thinking about hurting yourself or ending your life? And I am probably Okay, <laughs> so are you thinking about um, you're hurting yourself or in your life? That seems really direct, but it's important, okay? If you think a person is suicidal, stay with them, listen to them, take them seriously, help them get help. So in other words, it's not just giving them the suicide hotline number, it's kind of sticking with them. It's almost like you're handing them off to somebody else. So you do kind of a handoff, okay? Um, um, so provide resources and help them access them. Consider yourself the link to getting them the help they need by involving other helpers. You don't need to do it alone. Involve pastors, teachers, parents, other youth leaders, and friends as appropriate. Okay, and then relationships with youth. We already talked about the five to one ratio. Coffee talk, go 
um, invite them to coffee, ask, check in, invest. And then the last one, we don't always take time to say, hey, you seem like you're struggling right now. Can we just take five minutes to pray? And so, so engage them in prayer because we know the God of the universe is mighty, much more mighty than us. So again, um, um, remember this verse, resources, and a lot of these resources are also on here. So if you want them, email me, and then I'm just going to pray a quick blessing over you. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen.